there. This is the Scotch Way podcast, but then you probably already know that. In this podcast, we're going to talk theatre. The Edinburgh Fringe is almost upon us, and August is hoving into view. And it's often difficult to get solid recommendations as to what to see, and there's just so much on, as anyone who has looked at this year's programme will attest. The makers of Tyke, the play, um, got in touch, and in this podcast we talked to writer Rebecca Monks and the co-directors Madison Malin and Marilyn Cunningham. Um, It's a fascinating project based on a true story, something I didn't know anything about, and I'll leave uh, Rebecca, Madison and Marilyn to tell you more. The way that the podcast is structured, we'll be speaking to Rebecca first and then we have Madison and Madeline on the phone in the middle section and I hope the sound quality of that's not too bad. And then after that um, we're going to speak to Rebecca who also um, writes for The List magazine. We're going to talk a little bit about arts in Scotland in general and particularly the madness that is Edinburgh at fringe time. So we hope you enjoy it, and um, I'll see you after all of this. Cheers. Hello everyone, and welcome to another Scots Wayne podcast. And today uh, I'm going to be talking to Rebecca Monks. Hello Rebecca. Hello. Writer, and specifically writer of Tyke, a play that's going to be coming to this year's Edinburgh Fringe. Um, tell us a little bit about the fascinating story by Tyke. Well, so Tyke is based on a true story. Uh, Tyke's the name of an elephant who performed in a circus um, all over the world, but uh, specifically in Honolulu in 1994. And she's become kind of a, a focal piece for animal rights activists because yep. in 1994 she rampaged, killed her trainer, and then went through the city and eventually she was killed in a hail of gunfire and it was just a tragic story. Um, so this play is based on that event but it's fictional uh, so none of the characters are based on any kind of real life people um, but it explores kind of the way that human beings interact with animals and also each other and kind of imagines what kind of state we can get ourselves into for something like that to happen. Yeah, um, it was a story I didn't know anything about so when I knew I was going to be talking to you I had a look at it and obviously heartbreak um, what drew you to this story in particular? Well, I saw a documentary on it, and what I couldn't get around was the way that people had been kind of warning people about Tyke that she had she had a temperament and that it wasn't the right thing to be uh, training her the way that she was being trained uh, to have her perform the way she was performing. And I kind of looked at how this could have been avoided, I think, yeah. um, and that that's what drew me is is, is what made this incident happen. And like I say, the actual storyline in the play is not based on that. It's not based on the, the truth. It's, it's, it's completely fictional. So I just... When I was... Uh, I studied creative writing, and one of the things that they told me then was, if you don't understand something, try and write about it until you do. And right. I, I, I've always taken that on board. And so this is something I didn't understand. I didn't understand why this incident happened in the first place, and so I wanted to kind of write a fictional world, which would imagine why it did. That's a really interesting idea. Um... 
So is the idea behind that that you'll look further into it, you'll research it, or just you'll find some kind of understanding through creating the stories around it? Yeah, so it, it creates an understanding for yourself, using your imagination to kind of think, okay, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this, for instance. Why would somebody else do it? And you have to put yourself into other people's mindsets and into different situations. And yeah, so in, in the play, the plot's basically there's a, a ringmaster whose circus is folding, and he wants uh, he wants to draw in the crowds, he wants money, he wants to sustain his business. And so I was trying to think about like it doesn't have to necessarily be born from evil to want to kind of use animals in circuses there are other motivations and while I don't agree with it it's putting myself in a headspace where I can write a character that would use animals to kind of entertain people and also to make some money and so yeah writing in that respect really helps because it helps me to kind of understand why that might have happened for that reason it's something that, um, I mean, I've been to the circus in a long, long time, yeah. and I had the feeling that it's in this country, do you have animals in circuses anymore? Um, I am actually not completely sure about the legality of it. Yeah. I will say that Madison, is our director, is a big animal rights activist, and she, when we spoke on the phone originally about her taking on the project, she was giving me a lot of hard facts, so she's definitely the one to ask. Okay, <laughs> and we'll be speaking to her later on, so I'll yeah. get the hard facts. Um, but in th this wasn't that long ago, the actual no. uh, occurrence, was it? No, it was 1994, so it's yeah. definitely within my living memory. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just something that it's quite shocking that it's not as famous as it is because it, it was a completely tragic accident. The death of the elephant, the death of the trainer, uh, just a trauma that circus spectators endured. Like, imagine taking your family for a day at the circus and that's what you see. Uh, it was just, it's just tragic on so many levels and that, that's what kind of drew me to the story is that it's not a black and white, this is who was right, this is who was wrong, this is who I'm sad for, this is who I'm angry at. Sure. It, it's a complete spectrum and one of the things that we brought out in the play is there's three characters. Uh, there's Veronica who is very much pro-animal rights and there's Stefan who is in the middle and there's Proud Love who's this kind of ballsy ringmaster who just is only interested in his business and his self and profit and all three of them interact in a way that you can kind of see everyone's point of view and right. you can pick out good and bad in everyone's arguments although obviously I am on the side of Veronica I think that you know I think that animals and circuses is wrong but I, I, I made sure I wrote it in such a way that it wasn't just my opinion being leaked into a play I wanted to start a conversation about it a dialogue and have people debate you know well actually he had a motivation for that and oh I kind of understand where he was coming from yeah I mean it's different just knowing the, the, the little bit about the story, that's a really difficult thing I would imagine to do as a writer to try and make the other points of view at all sympathetic or understandable yeah. because you immediately, when you hear the story, and not just that the elephant was killed, but how it was killed, it wasn't just yeah. as you might see in a television thing where it's a dart and it falls asleep. I mean, this, this animal is butchered. Yeah. Um, but another. It was difficult for me to villainise the humanity in general because that's, that's what it would be. I, I, sure. I could have wrote this black and white play where, oh, aren't humans awful for putting animals yeah. in circuses? But, you know, there's always reasons and people are stuck in financial situations that they have to get in um, and they, they do things maybe to survive. And also what I didn't want to do is disrespect the memory of those who had died in that incident. You know, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to villainise them at all. Like, and that's why I, I, I made sure that it was completely fictional and not based on anyone. And 
kind of offered everyone a well-rounded character with points of view that you could relate to, even if you didn't agree with the outcome. Um, so you're putting it on uh, this year's Fringe. Now, did you mention it's going to be in elsewhere beforehand? Or? Yep, so it's going to the West End on 20th to 22nd of July at the Arts Theatre in Leicester Square. Uh, Fabulous. Yeah, we're getting three preview dates. We're really excited about it. And then it has a full run at the Edinburgh Fringe um, 6th until the 27th of August at Silk. Silk, which is a nightclub. It's a nightclub, yeah. We're going through PBH Free Fringe, which is just a fantastic organisation for supporting. Yeah, absolutely. Supporting artists that don't have any money, like we do. Please give us some money. <laughs> so, in terms of people getting tickets, is it just a case of first come, first serve? Yeah. So you turn up to the venue on your chosen night, and we always say it's free to get in, and then there's a bucket at the end. <laughs> Quite right too. Yeah. Um, now Edinburgh during the Fringe. Obviously, because a huge amount of competition, is this quite daunting or is it just exciting to put something on like this? I find it exciting. I mean, a lot of people have quite a negative attitude towards it and that you're competing with other shows, but I don't really see it as competing. I see it as a chance to kind of put yourself on this plane where there's so many people creating exciting works and you have the chance to put yours alongside it. And, and there's so many people with open minds that are coming to maybe see something new and exactly. that they can't maybe see elsewhere. And it's such a great platform for, for finding new talent. I mean, so many people break through on the fringe. I was I was writing a piece about Sarah Milliken and she, she won a newcomer award. It was like 2008. Don't, that might not be correct, yeah. but like, then she just exploded. And so, I mean, I'm not saying that we're going to be Sarah Milliken famous <laughs> after this, but like, it's just such a, a good way to, to put yourself out there in your work. Um, this isn't the first time you put something on at the fringe, is it? No. Uh, so last year, it was my first place, Scour. Um, was also another free friend show and we put that on it's just a one-man play uh, it was about HIV and the idea of people kind of secluding themselves when they feel like they they don't have any other options so it's about Aiden he put himself away on the Isle of Skye and he cut out his friends and his family and it was just a, a monologue really about that and it's about mental illness and physical health and it's quite challenging. It's very different from Tyke. <laughs> was it? I mean, was it a good experience? It was a fantastic experience. Yeah. So I, I, I took the play up with my own uh, production company, Peacetime Productions, and it was just me and my friend Josh, who is the artistic director and the main actor in the company, and we worked on that with our friend Daisy Jorgerson and. The three of us, uh, we learnt so much. We learnt how to market a show. We learnt how to cope with the stress of the fringe because it is stressful. <laughs> like you need a cider at the end of every night, I think. <laughs> um, and yeah, it really prepared us for Tyke in, in a big way. Um, actually, it's so that the way that Tyke is being brought up is quite an interesting story in itself. Yeah. So peacetime was supposed to bring Tyke uh, and Josh was going to be the main character Okay. but he actually got booked for a tour in Austria and so I had a, the play there, I had the venue and I had no team behind it to cast it and so it was going to get cancelled uh, and I put out kind of like a Hail Mary pass where I emailed everyone I knew in the theatre industry and right. I said please email everyone you know in the theatre industry and say this is the story, this is why I want to tell it, this is what I can offer and if anyone wants to take it on please do and about a week later Madison, our director got in touch with me and she said 
it kind of feels like fate. I've just set up a production company. I campaigned against the use of animals in circuses. I had a pet called Tyke. Wow. <laughs> I know. And she was like, I, I just feel so strongly about this. Please, can I read the script? And I sent her the script, and she said that she loved it. And she, we had a, a big meeting about the ideas that she had for it, and it just sounds so fantastic. And she's taken it on, and she's pulled on a big team. And I'm, I just feel so grateful. It almost got cancelled, and she was just pulled it right in there at the last minute. Great. Yeah. Um, they're there. Uh, it's Black Sheep Productions, is that right? They're... Yeah, that's Madison's production company, and she works with James Lawrence, is the producer on this show. And Madeline Cunningham is co directing it with her because Madison is also starring in it as Veronica. So she did, she wanted to make sure that her performance was objective, I think. <laughs> Somebody else giving her notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just been uh, talking to Rebecca Monks um, who has written Tyke and on the phone now we've got Madison Malin and Madeline Cunningham who are the co-directors. Um, hello to you both. Hello, hi, thanks for having us. No problem at all. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your own involvement in this project? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think as Rebecca mentioned um, she put out a call to everyone in her network to try and get people involved and to kind of pick up Tyke. Um, and I heard about it through a friend, through a friend, and um, it just really spoke to me. I am a big animal rights advocate, and um, I'm vegan, and I campaign for <coughs> various different charities like um, ADI, which is um, Animal Defenders International, and PETA, and Greenpeace. Um, and so I, spoke, I got in touch with Rebecca and uh, we talked about the project and agreed that um, I would take it on as I'd recently just set up a production company um, which I'd co-founded with Maddie here and, um, and then I just went about kind of pulling people together so we had James, um, James Lawrence, our producer and then Maddie was uh, going to co-direct with me, and we brought on um, two amazing puppetry companies. All right. Yeah, um, and uh, which are called Moon on a Stick and House of Stray Cats. So they're splitting the workload um, between them. So um, House of Stray Cats is building the puppet, and Moon on a Stick are um, directing it. And we've also got um, they've got a whole team to kind of help. Um, bring type to life and wow. work with the puppeteers. Um, so, it, and it's a massive, massive project. So we, you know, we're kind of beg borrowing and stealing everyone's uh, everyone's skills and and networks and connections and stuff to kind of get it off the ground. You know, just talking uh, to Rebecca earlier. I didn't even think about the practicalities of bringing an elephant to the stage, but that's uh, that must be pretty tough as it is. She's pretty big too. She's not a Okay. So she'll be like the head and the feet, and there'll be times throughout the performance 
where the actors will come together to bring um, to life an, an even bigger puppet. Um, so we're exploring stuff like that. Um, but as Maddie says, she's absolutely enormous. <laughs> um, and we're just so grateful to um, Maya, who, who runs um, House of Stray Cats. I mean, she's just bringing to life the most stunning, stunning creation. I mean, it's almost amazing to believe that... Something from a beach ball and paper mache become this massively realistic infant head and body and yeah, yeah, she is. I mean, this sounds, you know. Obviously, at the Fringe, there's going to be so many shows, but it does sound like it might be difficult to avoid yours. I can see people saying, "Have you seen the Elephant Show yet?" Spectacle, but also dark reminder of what still is allowed to exist now. Mm. Yeah. So we're hoping to, um, to yeah, use tight rural miles. So uh, when you're walking up and down, keep your eyes peeled for her. <laughs> and uh, Madeline, what about yourself? Why, why did you feel drawn to the project? Um, I've worked with my um, Madeline before, and she, I gave her my script, my baby. And um, she did beautiful things with it. So she directed uh, a piece I'd written called Full Circle at the Art Theatre, where we do the previews for Tyke. And it allowed me to access it, and it was just brilliant. And she said, here's this great script. And Edinburgh and Animal Rights, and all three of those were fantastic mix, and all of them really spoke deeply. And my whole thing is theatre needs to be contemporary, it needs to be yeah. and it needs to be and um, have you done have you been involved in Edinburgh before in the Fringe or in the festival um, I, I've been involved um, in Edinburgh Fringe Festival before acting um, but my god that was almost 10 years ago <laughs> um, and James our producer has been um, part of the Fringe before um, for a number of years um, and the play that he was in uh, won the Fringe First Award a couple of years ago um, called Travesti, so that did really, really well. Um, and Maddie has done lots on the South African fringe circuit. Yeah, so we have our, our version of Edinburgh, which is a lot less cold. And <laughs> but it's pretty big, and it's, it's, it's almost, we, we have a lot of people from Edinburgh that come and want to do fringe spots, and sure. such a great vibe. And I've, it's always been something to aspire to, but to bring something to Edinburgh is something that I've always wanted to do. And, um, we, I was going to do a fringe walk with my um, show wrote in South Africa, but I went strong school instead. But now it's just like dream come true that I can actually work there and be a part of such a beautiful and interesting and exciting festival. And it sounds like quite a large production. Are you all going to be up during the festival while it's on? Rebecca mentioned I'm actually playing the part of Veronica yeah. um, and so Maddie will be up as our director for the whole run and um, James will come up for part of it but yeah no, we're quite a it's quite a big production we've mentioned Tyke so we're having to get her up to um, Edinburgh and we've got two puppeteers
Oh, you mean you can't just stick Tyke on the train, book it? That's not going to work, no. Don't. No, I don't think Tyke's ever going to be allowed on the train. <laughs> Ticket. So, by about three. Yeah, no, she literally, I mean, I can't explain enough. She is literally the size of an elephant. And you've got some previews in London, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, previews in July, the 20th to the 22nd. Um, and yeah, we're just so excited. It's a fantastic space. As Maddie mentioned, um, we put on her play Full Circle uh, in December um, at the Arts Theatre, and it's just such a wonderful space. It's really intimate. The people that run it are just fantastic. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to put it on there and um, as part of our fundraiser, we're hoping to invite people um, to the previews if they donate at least like £30. So we're giving away kind of free tickets so people in London get to see it as well as people up in Edinburgh. Fantastic. And while we've got you on, is, is there any future projects that you'd like to mention or is it all take all consuming at the moment? At the moment, it's such a huge, such a huge project Definitely. Well, listen, thanks to both of you for talking to us, and I hope that um, everyone will come to see you when they're in Edinburgh, and I hope that maybe we can catch up as well. I'm an arts critic and the news editor for The List, uh, so basically I'm going to sleep in September, <laughs> is my motto, I think. I know, The List, did they do a weekly 
edition during the fringe? Yeah, right? so it's, there's a weekly Sorry free... Sorry to bring up that. <laughs> <laughs> that free goods only on June. Yeah, there's, there's a weekly free edition uh, every week in the festival. Uh, it's got reviews, features, previews, the works. Yeah, it's a fantastic thing. We were talking about it earlier on, now seeing how the list uh, have been a bit of an inspiration for doing Scots Way in the first place and trying to get... There seemed to be less and less places where people could find out what was on the doorstep or what was coming up, unless there was big money behind it. Um, how, how difficult is it, you think, to keep a magazine like The List going in these times when nearly everything seems to be online and publishing in general is a difficult thing? Well, I mean, I can't really speak on behalf of the company, but just my experience is that The List has such a good reputation and it's just such a, a fantastic place to work and it's such a good resource that, you know, people know that they can turn to it if, if they want to find out what's on in a certain city on a certain date. Um, there's been a big move towards uh, the digital yeah. and we, we, ch- we changed it up about a year ago where it's now a free edition instead of a paid-for magazine and yeah. it's uh, every other month instead of every, every month and... But yeah, I mean, it just keeps going because it's got good content, it's got good people behind it, and it's just a lovely place to work and a lovely thing to read, I think. It is, it's, it remains, the quality of it still remains incredible, and as someone who used to work in the restaurant business, the food guide is pretty oh, much yeah. a bit of a bible now, it's become such an yeah, institution. Yeah, I did my I did my first year review for the food guide this year, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, is there anything that you would recommend yourself coming up with French? Oh, I interviewed the main actor, Cal uh, McCannick, in My Eyes Went Dark at the Traverse, and that sounds fantastic, uh, and also very dark, mm-hmm. indeed. But I think from the sounds of Scour and Tyke, you can probably imagine a, like, gritty theatre, <laughs> not, not clowning around. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't had a proper look through the programme yet. Yeah. Because um, I think we're going to pull in some ideas later on. But, yeah, there's, there's always some amazing stuff. And what I would recommend as well is uh, reading the early reviews and seeing what, what generates a little bit of buzz, because they tend to sell out. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. I know last year I tried to see um, Our Ladies of Perpetual Sucker. Mm. And obviously that was a big, big production and everything. But it immediately sold out like that. And there's a few things like that, actually. It's smaller yeah. pieces that if it gets a bit of interest... Um, so we're in the, I suppose not looking, concentrating on the French already because it shows how much other stuff's out there all year round now in Scotland. Yeah. As an arts critic, I mean, do you, do you agree with that? Oh, definitely. The arts scene in Scotland is just amazing. Mm. There's always something going on. Like, I mean, the Fringe is the world's biggest arts festival, but there's so many others like happening all year round that are just incredible. You know, um, if you look at even the Christmas and Hogmanay programmes, they're pulling in big, uh, big theatre acts, big music acts for audiences rather than just your, your typical kind of mulled wine stall yeah. that a lot of cities have. Um, and you know, you've got. You've got great venues as well. You've got like the Traverse, the Sits, the Lyceum putting on fantastic theatre productions, and so many grassroots music venues popping up in every big city. And you've got big cultural organisations like Noiriki and Rally and Broad doing spoken word. It's just it's, it's incredible. I mean, I'm originally from just near Manchester, and I've lived here for almost nine years. And there's something very special about the art scene in Scotland. Like, Especially Edinburgh, I think. Yeah. That you just you just don't get elsewhere. 
I think what um, the festival does for Edinburgh is it's got some a bit of focus for the year and then that leaks through the rest of the year as well because yeah. people know it as a, as a city of the arts. Yeah. And I think, um, and I think maybe not, not so much now, I think that used to maybe overshadow the rest of Scotland, but I think you know, places like Dundee, for instance, we've got an incredible oh, yeah. art scene. And you've got like the B&A coming and that's just going to yeah. explode. Okay. So I think actually that's going to blend out into our country and actually as a country people see it as a, as a place to come from the arts and also the rise of the small festival. Yeah. Every, every week someone's getting in touch with me <laughs> saying that I've got this small festival happening. Yeah, well, we've, we've got our guide to Scotland's festivals and it's just hundreds and hundreds. It's, it's incredible. And I think that's one of the things that Scotland does so well is put in the arts. Um, well, talking of the arts, what have you got future projects on the go? Or can you not see past take at the moment? As in my creative writing? Yes, and your creative writing. Yeah. I have something in the works that you don't I want to talk about. can't talk about. But <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, something I'm excited about, and the only reason I can't talk about it is it might not come off. Sure, and that, that's it. I don't want to jinx myself. Absolutely. And as okay, I wouldn't even ask that question. <laughs> Um, well, Rebecca, thanks very much for talking to us. Oh, thank you for having me. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Tycho when it comes around. As I say, it's yep. a story I didn't know at all, and I think um, anyone will, will find out a bit more about it will want to come and see it. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope so. And we've got more information on Twitter um, at Tyke the Play. We'll be posting updates about ticket info and whatnot. And we'll put links to all of that on uh, the website as well. Oh, but for now, thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back very soon with someone completely different. Cheers. Well, that was the pod that was. And I hope you agree. And um, Tyke sounds like uh, an interesting project. And... I would suggest I, I must not miss at this year's Fringe. If uh, you have any projects coming up or are involved in anything in Scottish culture that you think we might be interested in, please feel free to contact us um, via the Scots Way website and um, we could maybe be chatting with you. In the meantime, cheers. See you soon. <laughs>